Hey everybody, this is Eddie Darcy's. We have a great show for you today. This episode is brought to you by Darcy's Facilities Management. Darcy's Facilities Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services. We have a great guest. Her name is Claudia Jean Aspilair. Claudia Jean will be with us. And let's start with the show, Eddie Darcy's Divine Purpose Podcast. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Yes, uh, we are back. This is Eddie Dacius with um, Claudia Jean Aspilet. Claudia Jean, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being here with us. We're excited to have you. And one way we like to sh- start the show is what can you tell us about you? Well, first and foremost, I would like to thank you for having me. It is definitely an honor. And what I can tell you about me. Hmm. Uh, Well, I am a first generation Haitian born in the U.S., but raised in Haiti for 15 years. I am the youngest of three siblings. Uh, I attended... Suffolk University for my undergraduate degree um, in business administration and global business. And I've recently earned my master's in gender and cultural studies at Simmons University. I am passionate about elevating and advocating for women of color. And lastly, I'm a professional salsa dancer and an avid lover of Afro diaspora dances. Wow, quite a lot. You're you're a busy woman. So, how are you doing? Indeed, I am doing well by the grace of God. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So, like you said, you you have your masters, right? Yes. Wow, that's exciting, and congratulations on thank that. You, so, so what can you tell us when you said you you you're from Haiti? Can you tell us about your transition coming here? Yes, absolutely. So I moved to uh, Massachusetts about 12 years ago, and I moved after the devastating earthquake that happened in 2010. And as you can imagine, that wow, really? yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a survivor of the earthquake too. We do yeah. have that in common. Yeah, um, so you can totally relate with me as to the change being so drastic. It's like yes. everything came 360 for me. Now, all of a sudden, I went from being an all-girl Catholic school in Haiti to being in a public school um, at Malden and having to adjust with that. Yes. Um, so really learning to see myself outside of that setting was challenging for sure. Yeah. I was only used to just being in one setting. So then now I am in a melting pot. So that was wow. And how do I adapt? Um, how do I stand out? And I'm someone that is pretty quiet and reserved. So it took me some time to kind of get out of my shell. And what I used to get out of my shell in high school was getting involved um, with the Hispanic club at Malden High School. Wow. Then dancing into that. Um, <laughs> I performed. My first performance was at Junior Varieties. So that's mm. how I learned how to make different friends around high school. And I was also um, in sports. I played volleyball. Uh, so okay. I immediately involved with that the first um, semester that I got into high school. So that really helped me build my social circle. And um, I've tried to make the best out of the short three years that I've had there. I've also meant to mention, I did graduate early from high school. <laughs> ah, wow. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, how do we do this fast? Um, 
Miss O'Connor. That was oh, was that, was that possible? Huh? <laughs> um, it was possible through dual enrollment. So what I did, I enrolled in a community college. So I took two classes there. So then I would meet all of my requirements um, to graduate. And well, not on time, but early. Early, okay. That, that allowed me to graduate in 2012 instead of graduating in 2013. Wow. So, what did you know about the dual enrollment? I asked. Mm. I did not know about it. Um, so, I just went to my counselor one day and I'm like, hey, how do I finish this early? <laughs> why why did you want to finish early? I what wanted to the- finish early because. Um, And maybe you can relate to this, but being in Haiti, um, you are used to a certain type of student. And most of the students, I would say, are more on the mature side. Yes. Um, And coming to high school in the U.S. was a culture shock for me because I was seeing things that I would never dream of seeing. Wait, people really do that. So my thought process was. If I can finish this early, then I will be out of that environment and I will be with people that are more mature, so to say, in college. That was not the truth. But I'm still glad that I finished early because it really allowed me to um, pursue different things that I wanted to. So it it worked out. But that was my rationale at the time. Wow, wow, wow. That was great. That was great. Thank you for sharing. So let's let's go quickly and your transition so most people guess we have here they said and you mentioned it it was a culture shock for you when you first come it came here so can you tell us more about it yeah so when i say it was a culture shock it was more so um finding my identity and i think that's Mm. something we don't really talk about in um the Haitian community wow. coming here. And this is just me coming to figure this out with having done my master's and really pinpointing what was the challenge. Okay, I knew I sensed that things didn't feel right to me, but now I have more words to put into perspective. So to go back to what I was saying in terms of this being um, my identity is that When you are coming from Haiti, you are in a majority Black country. You see yourself everywhere. Yeah. And now I'm being dropped into a high school, yes, diverse, but yet I didn't see much of myself when I decided I wanted to be in all honors class. I wanted to be in AP classes. Hmm. I was one or one of the few black girls in my classes. So that not being able to see myself in the classroom or in my teachers really did something to my identity where I've came to question myself a lot. Am I supposed to be here? Mm. Am I capable of achieving? Even though, you know, in Haitian culture, education is everything, right? Yep, everything. I knew that I needed to excel in everything that I did. But because I was in that environment, it brought me to question myself a lot. I would not be the one to participate a lot in classes because I would undermine um, what I had to say. Um, Mm. Just for the fact of not really seeing myself around that much. And that carried... That carried me throughout my years in undergrad as well, um, because I went to a predominantly white institution, which is yeah. a university, where I didn't really see myself. And those feelings just in, and I just accepted that, well, we're, I'm just not going to see myself yeah. here I agree. Um, and just kind of accept that as my identity but then wow when I started my masters and I started learning about my identity and very key class that I took was um, dynamic of racism and oppression hmm. and learning about the different um, types of oppression the different types of racism and how some comments can be seen as microaggressions. These are things wow. that I really don't know. It's like I went through 
high school, I went through college, and I never knew about. It's like I lived in a bubble. Um, yeah. Then I got that bubble burst when I took that class, and it was right in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, so everything was relevant. Yes. And so I'm having all of these aha moments. I'm like, whoa, whoa, oh my god, that's how. That's why I felt like that in high school. That's why I felt like that in. In college, and I have the ability to reclaim my identity and stand strong in who I am. Wow, that was the best moment for me because that's when I knew who Claudia was and what she stood for and what she. Yeah. And thank you for sharing this and go deep on it. So in this podcast, we call it "Embrace Your Calling," embrace your purpose. When you had that wake up call. When you finally realize this is who you are, this is your purpose. So, all these situations fuel your purpose or help you embrace your your purpose. I think in the way that it allowed me to embrace my purpose is to really connecting my passion. Okay. Um, and I say this in the sense that I love Afro diaspora dances and yes. salsa is one of those. Okay. And I have gone my whole entire, not my whole entire life, but I started dancing when I was 13. Okay. And I never knew that salsa was a black dance. <laughs> so I always had this connection with salsa. I knew how it made me feel, but I never understood why. So then my thesis was to explore the black roots of salsa to see what it means to me as a black woman. Yeah. And to see what it means for young black girls. Wow. So that's how it connected me to my purpose right there because my research has delved into that and really has seen how identity plays such a big part and as well as history, knowing mm. history, knowing where you come from, knowing what um, what you stand for really is a true marker and combining it with dancing, which is a, another form of expression, is another powerful tool to be able to really stand strong into that. And it kind of led me to, all right, my calling is really to work with young women of color and like i wow. said before is really to elevate and advocate for them mm. wow Woo. <laughs> I, at the end of the day i never do that <laughs> that's where you're gonna take me <laughs> but i appreciate it so let, let's go with um what are the most three what are the three most challenging event in your life so far Oh, three most challenging events in my life so far. Definitely uh, the earthquake moving yeah. to the U.S. after that and making sense of that move um, and adjusting to my new life in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and another one was stepping into the workforce. Mm. Tell me about it. <laughs> yes. Um, Stepping into the workforce was a challenge in the sense of not seeing myself again. <laughs> mm, I, um, I was one of the few black girls in the company that I started work. So I started working for a travel educational travel company okay. that um, catered to young travelers. So teachers would take their students on educational travel for yeah from a week to six weeks okay and for a travel company i was really expecting um their knowledge in terms of culture to be very high and to just be very understanding of what it is to be a diverse um place that really services everyone yes that was not the case um, wow it was a lot of um, feeling uncomfortable in that space and trying to reclaim myself in a way. Um, again, I'm one that is very reserved. I don't, I share as much as I feel comfortable. Okay. And, um, I was always perceived as one that is quiet and my, my silence was perceived as I'm not engaged, but it's really me studying the place. Okay. Me trying to figure out where do I fit in? Where is my space? Okay. I speak in 
where can that be taken into value? Um, so it, it was really a challenge in terms of assessing my place and really trying to figure out, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> and then, um, it came to a point where my journey there had expired and I felt it. And um, the Lord, again, led me to another path that leads me to where I am now. Um, and uh, that we can talk about <laughs> a little bit more after. No, definitely. It's definitely. And I appreciate, like I said, this is this is great so far. Because one thing I'm realizing is, and if you follow us on, on our podcast, it's like every guest brings something new. And your experience, yes, we, we kind of related to that experience in Haiti, the earthquake. But for you, the way you explain it with a lot of details and uh, knowledge, because you you acknowledge your emotion and you try to make sense and give words to them. I appreciate that. So let's go with what was um, what your what your favorite. Um, childhood memory oh that that's a good one my favorite childhood memory is going out social dancing with my family wow as i mentioned before i started dancing at the age of 13 and that's thanks to my dad because he's been an avid lover of salsa wow. so he passed his love on to the family and he made sure that we all had lessons <laughs> which i hated by the time yeah but looking back these were the best memories to be able to just go out with the family, social dance, and just really bond. Okay. That was the best of times. Wow, that's great. Great to hear. So what was the best compliment you ever gotten? Oh, best compliment I ever gotten. Um, that I speak from the heart. Yeah. Mm. I think that one always hits when people say that I speak from the heart. Um, it, it warms me um, because it shows that I'm passionate. Yeah. And that when I speak, um, I speak with purpose and I speak with the purpose, well, with um, with a goal to impact, um, to help. So I really like that compliment. <laughs> and I can see that too. So let's go like a 360 on now you finish high school, you get into college. I know you talk about it a little bit. So what was the transition for you? The transition. Ooh, it was a little brutal. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I may be honest here, because um, it's hard being a first generation, um, being wow. first generation in the sense that sometimes you don't get to experience what your other peers get to experience. And yeah. in the process of selecting Suffolk University, which by the way was not my first choice. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to go to Bryant University um, wow. because I wanted to be on campus. I wanted okay. to have that um, experience because I've never been apart from my family ever. And you know how Haitian families yes. are. I You're know, I know. <laughs> You're pretty much there until you leave the yeah. house. Yeah. My mom like, I'm not co-signing any loans for you. Yeah. I don't even have a credit here. What are you talking about? Yeah. Girl, you better find a school that will pay everything for you to go to. Oh my God, I was devastated because. Wow. Sorry to hear that. It's okay. I mean, I feel like I've had the chance to experience it in other ways, though. Okay. Uh, and I'll speak a little bit more about that. So I decided to go to Suffolk University. And my first. Um, my first impression there was, oh my God, it's like right in downtown. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm going far enough. But little did I know that my four years at Suffolk University would be one that I would cherish forever. And the reason I say this is because I, at orientation, I met my college bestie, I call her. Um, I just attended her wedding. Wow. And, friends. and through her, she allowed me to experience a little bit of living on campus because okay. she lived on campus herself. 
So you can you can already figure we were always yeah. together. Yes. Literally, we did everything together, and I was lucky that I got to experience a little bit of what it felt to be on campus. She would yeah. even call my mom and say, "Can you sleep over?" And my mom is like, "We don't do sleepovers." <laughs> but she was yeah, able to Asian, yeah, I know. But uh, one thing, uh, as you're talking about this, so w was it? What was the dynamic of your household? Is it yesterday? All my Asian guests, same thing, the three L. Was it like that? They call Legliz Lakai. Was it for you? You know, the same. I think when I was particularly in Haiti, yeah. that was the the three okay. L's for me. They okay. call Legliz Lakai. All right. But as I transitioned to the U.S., my mom also came along with me, and my dad stayed back in Haiti. Uh, so that's where I experienced a little bit more of freedom. And freedom, okay. Being able to do after-school activities and not just only sticking to those three L's. Okay. Learning a little bit about myself as well. So I, I think my mom for being a little flexible, a little. A oh, little. okay. You're the lucky ones, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about like you you mentioned you had um I can describe it as a tough transition from high school and college but um, my question would be what was your dream job in high school if it's different than the one you have in college and now huh. my dream job in high school I feel it's either to be a professional dancer or it was to be a flight attendant. It's either one or okay. the other. All right. I can't really pinpoint what it was at that time. Um, in college, I just had a very broad idea. I never really had a, a specific idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. I just said, um, I studied global business and management. Okay. So I envisioned myself um, in in a company that is um, that serves internationally in, in a role where I would be managing across different cultures and yep. people. But it was never really a specific role. Okay. So now, how do you feel about your job now? Wow. I feel amazing about the job that I have now because it feels so aligned Okay. with my values and it feels like the one that God chose for me and the reason I say this is because when I first started my job search I wanted to more so go into um, study abroad because I studied abroad myself um, okay. my last semester of college or to serve international students because I also identify as an international student in some realms I thought that was the path to continue. Yeah. The Lord said, no, ma'am, I have other plans. <laughs> <laughs> And he really changed the trajectory of my job search. Yeah. I started being like, hmm, clutter. So what do you, what would you like to do outside of international education, so to say? And I thank him for putting his divine workers to really help me figure out what yeah. that looked like. Um, and the person specifically helping me figure this out said, Clouder, I'm hearing that you are one that is mission-driven. You're very passionate. So I think a nonprofit would suit you. And I said, what? You think so? So I started thinking more about it. And... He is the one that passed this job to me. And he said, hey, um, I see this really cool um, title for Chica Project. I think it really aligns with everything that you said. I think you should give it a shot. And now we're here. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> no, it makes sense. So one thing I like about this story is that you, you keep your options open, right? And you be flexible and you, you took advice from what your friend told you so <clears throat> what what would be a piece of advice you have with uh, to somebody who's starting their career right now be patient um 
I think that's the, the, the best advice that I could give. Sometimes um, we can be so caught up in a specific title or by a specific salary that looks so um, alluring. But in the end, um, you really have to think about the journey. And one specific quote that I remember about this devotional app that I have on my phone says, God will not put you in a space where he doesn't want you to experience something out of it. Wow. Be thinking about everything that you do as an experience and as a lesson that you need to get. My journey is not one that was easy. Um, The first job that I got was a very low salary. And thank God for that because I think it prepared me to be in a position where I am comfortable with not only my salary, but with the title and what I do. And it was a journey to there. And I, all I needed to be is patient. I just have to be patient to what God has in store for you because He does have so many wonderful plans. Yes. You have to sit still and let God. <laughs> wow. And thank you for sharing once more. Uh, so let's switch to your first job you said. That was it. So when was okay? Because yesterday we we had a guest. He was talking about when I said uh, advice for piece of advice to to young people starting a career is don't like value yourself. And we we got to that conversation when we said yeah in Haiti, but our parents they don't allow us or they don't give us that tool to make sure when we negotiating our salary, we do it the right way. Yeah. I don't know if you can tap on that. If you have any experience, you can share or advice. Oh my. Um, yes. <laughs> I cannot agree with this even more. Um, my first job, I did not negotiate. I just looked at the salary and I'm like, well, this looks good. That's and it. Months later, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I really lowballed myself from that one. Yeah. I didn't ask for anything. So all to say is that patience, yes, but also your network. Yeah. Um, You need to have a mentor. You need to have someone that can walk you through the process. Especially as we, especially if you are a first generation and you don't know much about that. You don't have someone that has paved the way for you. You are in need of a mentor, of someone that will be able to tell you, hmm, I would rephrase this differently. This is how I would go about it. And just give you their own um, advice so then you can kind of take it in and see how can you frame it and make it work for yourself. It's so important to negotiate and really understanding what value that you bring to any company that you step into. And that's something that I wish I had from the very beginning because it would have positioned me way better. But it's it's a journey. You 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 live and you learn. And I'm in a position where I can give back everything that I wish I, I didn't have. So there are people that are willing to give back to you, believe it or not. So who's the who's the best uh who's the who's your okay, do you have any mentor? Why not? Yes I do. Um, I always say this. I say that I am the product of continued mentorship. And the best, one of the best mentors that I've had is Mary. Um, That was my old director at Simmons University. This lady has taken me under her wings. She saw the little Haitian immigrant in me that needed a chance. Yeah. to thrive and she saw the potential and she took it she took that with her and ran with it and she's the one responsible for the many things that I've been able to accomplish because she's been able to push me and to say Carter I invite you to think about this what will um, the doors of opportunity look like for you when you step outside of Simmons and thanks to her I have my masters because she really pushed for me to get Um, she's been the best mentor until this day I consider her not only a mentor but a friend as well wow that's and and you you tap on multiple things when you said 
patience, right? Networking. So now you're talking about mentorship. So how do you combine all three? How do you combine all three? That's a good question. <laughs> um, or do you go by one first and then go by the second? And Because I think a mentor will, will kind of guide you to a couple opportunities or give you some advice. But I think patience is something you need to, it's a freedom you have to get within yourself, right? I totally agree. I think um, these things, they fall into place naturally. Um, this is not something that you can say, oh, I'm going to pick mentorship first and then I'm going to choose to be patient, then grow my network. <laughs> um I, I say go with what feels um, the best. Sometimes you can't really identify to a mentor right away, and that's no. okay. Um, so really relying on what your strengths are and leveraging those in the meantime that you wait for the right mentor to come along. Okay. And, and that meantime, I would say networking is your best bet because that's when you really get to speak to people to know what they do to see if that is of interest for you and for them to share any um, pieces of advice that they have with you so you take that with a grain of salt and as my mentors say I'm giving you a lot of things so take what you need and leave the rest on the table wow well said well said so let, let's go with um, something kind of um, fun what do you miss most in Haiti what do I miss most in Haiti? I would say Christmas. Oh, oh my God. I have really? not spent Christmas in Haiti in the past 13 years. Though I have gone to Haiti, I just haven't gone specifically for Christmas. Christmas. Okay. And I remember that being the best of times growing up, and I really missed that. Hmm. How about any fruit? Any food? What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I would say it's uh, John John. Yeah, yeah, John John. Yeah, that, that no, that's a good food. So now, one thing I realize is people when they are getting to that path to start embracing the calling, there's a big challenge where you're mostly going to be making decisions. Did you ever get to that road? You are making the decision not on your own, but primarily starting from you, but with advice of others. Yes, that, that definitely did happen. And I would say more so um, to the path of the current role that I'm at because yeah. I felt torn. Um, God was leading me in one direction and I'm like, but, but <laughs> I love international education. Yeah. I feel like I've always seen myself within that um, role of really being able to see more black girls and black boys mm. be able to go study abroad because we don't have that much representation when it comes to studying abroad. And mm. I know how much that meant to me and what that can be for others. So I was always pushing for that. Um, and to see myself step outside of that was something that I couldn't it was not easy at first. Okay. When I had to make the decision, do I follow that or do I follow what the Lord has in store for me? And well, you can figure what happened. Yeah, I know, definitely. For me, but no, it was hard. So what do people misunderstand most about you? I would say my silence. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, as I was saying before, I'm one that is reserved. Um, I like to be able to study a room before I speak or interact. And that can be misperceived as maybe I'm not engaged or maybe I don't want to be there. But it's just really me assessing the situation and knowing where to speak and where to take up space. Um, and I need that assessment for myself first before I can fully open up. 
I'm glad you said it because I feel like look, most Haitian are like that. Not everybody, but most Haitian are reserved. They scan the womb, you know, and they make sure what they're saying is important too. Yes. <laughs> so, and it's a, it's a cultural shock because most people, and I, I had that conversation with a friend, it's like if you don't brag, there will be some opportunity you'll be missing. Right, yeah, definitely. I felt like that before. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's power in being silent. I, I think so too, but uh, I feel like um, the culture here, they want you to be outgoing. They want you to be out there. It's like a push yourself out. But um, they, they there's a saying, say, um, La Force Calm. And you know, some people don't don't understand it and I value it a lot coming up, growing up. So let's talk about your parents. What do you think are the best gift to you? The best gift to me. From your parents. From my parents. Um really their ability to have been able to support me all throughout this point. I think that's the best gift that they could have ever given me. Um, there's certain things that I didn't have to worry about because I've had my parents' support, and that is the biggest gift. I don't think that I could ask for any more of them. Wow, well said. So one thing I realize is people, when they get to their calling, they get comfortable, they settle. Do you think there's more calling coming up, <laughs> more tasks or more like your mission is updated, <laughs> things you need to do more now after you just accomplish this and then you need to go for more? Is there anything right now that's pushing you or that's not, or that's it's not keeping you away, but it's always on your mind? I think for now, the journey has just started. So I am taking everything in, yes. really trying to understand how this fits into the larger picture. But I am sure um, that there will be more to come. Yeah. This definitely doesn't stop here. Your calling never really stops. Um, <laughs> your assignment change based yes. on the season that you're in. So what are the most? Yeah, what is the most thing you are part of? You accomplish. My master's, completing that. I think that's my one of my proudest accomplishments. Um, just knowing that this is something I initially went into higher education with the goal of completing. And that goal completely changed once I really connected with the fact that I needed to focus on my dancing career and then the pandemic hit and God said no no way <laughs> you're going you're going back and finishing that masters and really having my mentor there um kind of speaking hot to me and really encouraging me giving me the space to do it especially during the time of a pandemic um working full time that was not easy um but being able to see everything come together at the end makes me so proud because I know how far I came and what it took to be there. Wow. No, thank you for sharing. So let's go to Chica Project. Yes. Can you tell us about it, about this organization. Absolutely. So Chica Project is a nonprofit organization catered to young women of color to really elevating, empowering them, um, and really growing into their identity and standing firm into what that is. So I am very lucky to be the senior program manager at Chica Project. So I will be in charge of programming, overseeing the fellows and the interns that 
services our youth and being part of this organization um so far this is just one weekend i have never felt this much support and this much love and just the room is filled with such diversity just being able to look around and see women that look like me um is so powerful and i am ready to hit the ground running in january and i can't wait for all the wonderful things that i need to accomplish with that organization wow wow that's great that's great so now you're saying um you guys working on you, you have an event you want to promote it's not an event more so um two opportunities that I would like to share with the platform. One is to become a mentor. And um, one thing that my mentor um, has shared with me is that as we climb is, it is our responsibility to lift others. Yes. And this is a great way for you to give back to your community and really share your expertise with a young woman of color. Um, And they can also pick your brain as well. So it'll be great for you to consider apply to be a mentor. The application deadline is on January 9th of 2022. So you do have time to think about this as a new year settle in. And the second opportunity is for um, the youth application and is to be part of Chica Project. And this is a program that I wish I had in Malden High School when I first started here, just to really settle into who I am, um, owning that and really um, getting into a sisterhood um, and learning different professional and personal skills that I need to navigate. So if you know any young woman from the ages of 11 to 18 that would like to be part of, that you think the project would be a benefit to, please feel free to pass along this application. It is also due on January 9th as well. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So I think um, our listeners, so this is a Chica project with mentorship um, opportunity, mentorship for youth. Um, you're going to find a link um, in that, in this podcast and you can follow through uh, until January 9th so you can um, apply. So we have, uh, Claudia Jean Aspilair with us today. She's talking about her experience. She's talking about uh, upbringing, the culture shock, and things she's she's um, learning as she's going her journey. So, what is the most lesson you have learned over your career now? Over my career. Um I think, again, is to be patient. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we want something so bad, but it's really not our timing. And we're not fit for that just yet. And we just have to wait a little for the opportunity to make sense to us. Um, We all have so many dreams and aspirations, but it's also important to know when the right timing is to go after these things. And patience goes a long way. I'm still learning, um, but that's the biggest biggest lesson for me. No, definitely. So let's switch to Hot Topic. Are you ready for Hot Topic now? Yes. (laughs) Hot Topic with Claudia Jean Aspilet. This is Eddie Dassis with Divine Purpose Podcast. We have Claude Jean Aspilair with us today. So we have hot topic for Claude Jean. So my question is, why you think education? So mostly Haitian education is our primary option. I think education is our primary option because that is what really connects us to our greater purpose. And the reason I say this is 
through my master's alone, I've been able to find like what my calling is and make sense of that, make sense of my passion. And I think that education brings you to different places that your mind alone won't be able to bring you unless you have that curiosity. And I think that's why it's so important for us as Haitian people to have education because it connects us with so many different things. It gives us a deeper understanding of ourselves and what we are called to do. So second question, it's um, related to the earthquake where, yes, after the earthquake, a lot of people, including myself, we left Haiti, we come here. Do you think your path would be the same? without the earthquake absolutely not i think that it the earthquake has everything to do with my path now i certainly know that i wouldn't have been able to take advantage of all these opportunities that been that has been offered to me in the state if i was in haiti mm. wow and i think so too so next question Where do we go with um, women empowerment? So do you think there's a balance or one have to be on top of the other? There's a balance. One doesn't have to be on top of the other. Um, is the balance easy to find? Absolutely not. Um, it's challenging, but I think they go hand in hand and not to overpower each other. Wow. Thank you. You did well. I don't think I, I even... Huh? Thank you. <laughs> you did great. So, what are the three books you, you would recommend our audience? Yes. I have uh, three books that I would recommend. And the first one is Americana by Chimamanda. And When We Fight, We Win by Greg Jobin. Okay. It takes a breath by um, Gabby Rivera. Yeah. Wow. Two great books to our audience. So, is there a question you wish I asked you today? Hmm. No, I think the conversation flowed so well. I think you've touched upon different points. Um, and I don't think I have any questions that I wished for. Yeah. All right. So if you had a chance to invite five people dead or alive, will you, will you consider as influencers in your life? Who, who they will be? Ooh. Oh, my list over, <laughs> over exceeds those five. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So you want to uh, make it 10? Go ahead. Definitely. Um, I would say my parents. Yep. Because of the freedom that they've allowed us um, as children, as young adults, and even as adults, um, they are not the definition of your typical Haitian parents in the yeah. sense that they've never really pushed me into one direction. They're like, oh, you need to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> they've always pushed me to go with yeah. my heart um, desired. Yeah. And same goes for my siblings as well. So definitely influences in my life. I would say my sister um, is another influencer in my life as well. She keeps me grounded for sure. Um, my husband definitely is another influencer in my life and my mentors um, can't list them all out but it definitely over exceeds the five um, I think they all play a role into um, the path where I am today so definitely influencers in my life so uh, I'm not trying to put it on hard state but five years now where do you see yourself five years from now where do i see myself um would love to be able to run an art academy mm. for, 
young um, young women of color specifically okay. to explore their artistry, to know what this means to them, and to also be able to navigate the world with the means of their artistry and the sense of um, social justice and so on. Wow. So if you had the power to change Haiti, what would be your wish for Haiti? With your wish. You have one wish to change Haiti. <laughs> what would be that wish? I would love for it to go back to the one that my parents knew. Wow. I would love to be able to experience that Haiti. Why? Why? Can you tell our audience more? Uh, I say that to... Um, all to say that I would have loved, I would love to be able to experience the safety that we all deserve. Yes. Um, to explore the beauty with no veil. <laughs> Because I, I think that a lot of things that are going on in Haiti are putting a veil on it. And I want to remove that veil and just see its its true beauty. Um, because there's so many things going on, it's hard some at times to really see um, the beauty of my country. It's sad to say, but that that's that that would be my wish. So as as you know, we are Haitian. It's they they usually see uh, um, I'm Haitian, so I, I don't, I'm proud to be Haitian, but. If you had a chance to talk to somebody who doesn't know Haiti, what would be your description of the country to that person? What would be my description of the country to that person? Oh. That's a really good one. I feel like I need to think through it. <laughs> did I get you there? <laughs> yeah, definitely did because that has all my brain cells trying to <laughs> fabricate a word um i would definitely describe it as a country of resilient people yeah um, a country of love as well even though at times it's hard to see where that love is coming from yeah But i would really say it in the sense of family um this is where you really feel that love um and country where you should definitely come to experience the rich culture because yes. our our history is so rich and powerful and our food is also delicious so yes. definitely yeah, so. that. put that in the mix yeah I think the, that's about the food too the food can can say everything so and w one thing I, I would like to close the podcast so this is Eddie Dacius with Divine Purpose Podcast with Coda Jean Aspilair um, do you do you think so where were you when you got that news from the RC nation of the Haitian president I was in bed with my husband And a friend of ours called to let us know, and that left me in complete shock. Yeah. I could not believe my ears. And especially to know that the picture of the president was circulating on WhatsApp yeah. absolutely just left me distraught. Yeah, I think everybody was shocked. We never experienced something like that before, and that was a first. So last word for you, Clodagh. Last word for me is um, you carry so much power within you and it is your duty to always seek what that power is and to be able to stand true to yourself. Wow. Well said. Well said. This is Eddie Dacius with Divine Perfect Podcast with our special guest, Claude Gina Spiller. She's great. She gave us great advice. She talked about her career, her embracing her calling. Claude Jean, thank you for being here with us with Divine Perfect Podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you. See you guys soon. Thank you for having me.